to the Total Car Score podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Well, hello, Carl. Hello, Lauren. How are you? And uh, do you guys remember what were you doing a year ago today? Uh, waiting for us to start traveling again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, wondering but, how wondering how bad COVID was going to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're oh, still. Yeah. So basically, we're more or less in the same spot. Like we're traveling a little bit more. Well, a lot more, we have to say. But some things are still kind of uh, complicated or, or a little different from what how they were before, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I I think if a year ago you'd have said that things would have changed as little as they have in the past year uh, regarding COVID, we probably wouldn't have liked that uh, to hear that very much. You never know. Yeah, it's what it is. And like, that's that's what's happening. We have started traveling a little bit. There's been some events, even some international, but still with a lot of unknowns, let's put it that way. Right, Lauren? Yeah, unfortunately that there's a lot of unknowns. And it's sad because like everybody else, we're just trying to, you know, figure out how to make all this work, you know? <laughs> Well, I started the, the, this episode with that question because a year ago today, we announced on Facebook, and nothing is official until it's Facebook, Facebook official, right, that we yeah. are going to launch this uh, podcast. So congratulations. We, we made it to a year already. Wow. wow. One year. How and many then, episodes have we done since you get to edit all this stuff? It's almost 100 because we did about 40 last year, and then... We're doing it with more frequency this year, so we are. This is fifty-nine for this year, so it's been wow. fun. Uh, the the ironic thing also is like this is the description for episode one of season one. Javier, Carl, and Lauren ask themselves, "How many pure electric brands do we need?" Before discussing the Volvo V60, the uh, and uh, the Lexus LC500 and other cars. We were just having another conversation off the air, and we were asking exactly the same question again. So nothing has changed in a year. <laughs> yeah, That's I guess right. you're right. Yeah. That's really we're wild. Still and wonder- you know what? After all these EVs, it's, you know what's amazing? There's still people wanting to buy performance cars and still people wanting to buy electric cars. And it's kind of interesting how that happened. Nothing's changed. No, and that's the human condition, you know, like, like go back to every like future time travel predicting movie in Hollywood, go as far back as you want. And, you know, we're Jetsons. We were all supposed to be in flying cars by now. You know, we, now Mm. we do have the, we do have the picture phones that they had in Jetsons. And, uh, you know, we do have some other things, you know, the the moving walkways and all that kind of stuff, uh, in a lot of places. Not the food. I can't make dinner that quick. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I need. Exactly. But, but, you know, and then, you know, we were all supposed to have died by acid rain by like 2000, you know, and also everything is supposed to happen quicker in human, in human uh, imagination. And it does happen quicker in human imagination than it happens in reality. So, you know, uh, that's, that's fine. It's a year later. We still wonder how many electric car companies do we need? We still wonder what a COVID's going to, when it's going to be over. Uh, you know, we're still trying to figure out, which which of the newest cars is the most important one? So, but let's make a recap because some significant things had happened. For example, Rivian started to deliver their first vehicles this week, I think. So that that's pretty important. It's the first 
uh, company with an electric pickup truck on the market. So that that's a, a big step, I think. Yeah, they've they're making moves and they've got a lot of noise going on out there. And of course, we're hearing a lot of news in the last week from Lucid. Uh, with their pricing and their range and their production and all that. So, uh, yeah, we're just seeing more and more electricity uh, or electric-based cars. There's no getting away from it. And Lauren, what, uh, what have you experienced uh, recently on the EV side? Uh, like, which cars have you driven that we can talk about, I guess, because there's some embargoes right. some of the others. Right. I'm going to be driving the Mach-E GT coming up here. And, of course, you know, we'll get you a, an interview with some executives on that. But um, what have we driven? The Volkswagen just this year or this month or this week? Oh, oh my God. Last month or whatever, like the most recent one. I mean, what's your impression most of what the most recent that you have driven? Because I want to tell you the one I drove today. Yeah. No, but I wanted to hear from you first if you have any. Oh, <laughs> Um, you know, it's funny. Um, as far as the vehicles that I've driven that I uh, recently, what did I like? Well, there's some cars I haven't driven that I'd like to drive, like the Porsche Taycan of the electric cars. You told me you have to buy one. Oh, that would be not too bad in my garage. <laughs> um, I, I get good taste. What can I say? But, um, I mean, the Volkswagen ID4 is a finalist for North American Utility of the Year. Um, but, I mean, there's a Mach-E. I think that one last year. So I, I think there's going to be more and more of this coming out. But, you know, as everyone's touting this as being, this is the answer, everyone's jumping on this. They're really not. But the okay. sale of electric vehicles is still at 2%. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you about what I drove today, which is the Mazda MX-30, which is a compact SUV. And they shared a platform with the CX-30 and the name with the MX Miata. So that's a little bit of confusing messaging there, I guess. But even more confusing is the fact that this new car, completely new first EV car from Mazda, has only a range of 100 miles. It's only mm -hmm. going to be sold in California, 200, no, 560 units total. So the first question that all of us, the media, ask here, is this a compliance car? And Carl, since you're an expert in the topic, I want you to explain what a compliance car is. And you live in California, so you really have to, to know about it. Exactly. Well, I, I don't know what the word officially comes from, but in my mind, I picture, you know, the uh, California state officials showing up on the door to all the automakers saying, you must comply. So I don't know if that's where the name comes from, but that's what I think of. And essentially to do business in, uh, in the state and to have a certain amount of cars that you can sell that people will actually buy, which as Lauren pointed out, are still mostly internal combustion cars, but to have the mm -hmm. right to sell in the state of California and not be hammered and not pay a whole bunch of fines, you have to sell a certain amount of zero emission cars and so uh zero pollution cars so that's why it's called a compliance car is it's essentially done purely to comply with uh california's laws it is not for instance done because there's market demand and uh, you know that's a, is what yeah. they call it a mm -hmm. push versus push versus pull uh idea carrot versus stick whatever you want to call it so you have to sell a certain amount to represent the total amount of cars you're selling Uh, some percentage has to be zero emissions. So that's probably where they got their, what was it, uh, Javier, 562 or whatever that number. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know, obviously Mazda is not saying it, but I guess that was the magic number. Or maybe it was 550 and they're going, okay, let's do 10 more. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> California. Just But, to be safe. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, interesting concept because, again, only 100 miles of range. But also it has, I mean, if you 
think it in a different way. For example, they claim that not everybody needs that 300 miles or 520 miles of range, right? Like the same case as nobody needs an iPhone with 260 gigabytes of memory, but some people buy it. So they're saying, why, if you're going to drive only 40, 60, or 80 miles a day, why do you want to carry 300 miles range worth of batteries in your car that you're never going to use? So if you think it like that, it makes sense. I mean, but people, I, I think they, I wish they were more honest in their, in their, more clear, and I maybe honestly not the right word, but like, like they, they should have been like more clear in their messaging saying like, this is going to be a car for people who are not just going to commute, and it's probably going to be the second, third, or fourth car in the garage, and they can use it for daily driving, and then they're going to have another car. They do have a loaner program incorporated in this car uh, purchasing or leasing process in which you can get a car for 10 days a year without a limit on miles. So that's kind of useful, but uh, I think it makes sense, right? Like, if you don't need that much of anything, why you... Why would you buy that? Yeah, that's a nice storyline. Of course, that just flies in the face of what it is to be an American consumer. You know, <laughs> we 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 are we exist as people who have more than we need. You know, how many people need the square footage in the house they live in, Javier? I think you have a house that probably has more square footage <laughs> than you actually need, don't you? You know, every either <laughs> every, every SUV, certainly every three-row SUV on the road today is probably being uh, driven by people who don't really need it. You know, Al Gore, Mr. You know, the planet's got a fever. Yeah. He doesn't need three yeah, houses. Right. He doesn't need three houses that all need to be heated and cooled, no matter how supposedly clean or not clean they're being heated and cooled. That's all completely unnecessary. So uh, the sure. reason people but have do you, range But we do it because we can. Right, yeah. right, right. To me, that's that's the essence of why America as a country is great and what what becoming wealthy represents. Wealth represents not not buying what you want, not what yeah. you need. That's the essence of wealth. So having as much battery range as you need is a great argument when you can only produce a car that has a hundred mile range. Uh, but we also know that uh, some of the best selling car electric cars on this planet are ones like Tesla's that have 400 miles of range. So even though they cost a lot more than this monster costs, um, so that's, that's why I think that's a problem. My other issue with the car is it's basically, a uh, it's like an eight year old obsolete car, right? When did the Fiat 500 E come out like seven or eight years oh, ago? I think it's more than that. Maybe it's 10 years. Yeah. And this is, this is the same mileage and that same thing. Oh, we'll, we'll let you have a rental option for 10 days. Guess what Fiat did when they yeah. launched the 500 E, you know, we, we know people feel like, well, what if I have the fit friends come in from out of town? What if I have to take a long road trip? We're going to give you 10 days you can use whenever you want at rental car agencies. That was Fiat's idea 10 years ago. So um, whatever. Uh, if mm. Mazda's got to do it for California to make California happy, then Mazda's got to do it for California to make California happy. But like you said, Javier, they should just say that, hey, we're doing this to make California happy. But exactly. yeah, we can survive in the U.S. for like the future because this is happening. I mean, like the electric cars are going to be here for uh, forever now, I guess. and so. Well, we'll see. It depends if people want it, you know, just like anything. Yes, but like everybody's building them. I mean, like, I mean, it, it's it's hard to believe that all this investment that has been going on for like a decade now 
and it's happening like with more force than any other time today, it's going to go away in waste in five years. I think there's something going to happen. So to close the show, the first anniversary show, give me your prediction, Lauren. Where are we going to be in, the ne in September 30th, 2022? Um, well, hopefully we'll be back to normal, but I'm not holding my breath. What's, what's normal? I, <laughs> yeah, what's normal? Exactly. Being back to traveling international, being able to do what we want to do and have the freedom to go where we want to go. But as far as the auto industry and propulsion of cars, you're going to see hydrogen starting to come online, already starting to build the infrastructure. is a huge program now. Lots of money. In, in, a year? China, in, in a year? China. In a year. China's... China is already the number one hydrogen uh, test place, and they're and they're testing like crazy. So you'll yeah. see hydrogen globally uh, down the road, but you're going to see it in big cities before you're going to like Beijing before you're going to see it in you know New York City. But it's going to be another way for people to get around. I mean, you're going to see other forms of propulsion. One of the things I'm really excited to see, and they just started digging in deep, is e-gas, which is taking your everyday driver. Yeah. Pumping it with a, a synthetic product that does not hurt your engine and nothing comes out the tailpipe. That yeah. I find very interesting. And that's a Porsche and Exxon deal. Yeah, Porsche is doing that. So, Carl, uh, your prediction for next year? Uh, I predict there's going to be a bunch of broken down cars that were using this weird gas that wasn't supposed to have any pollutants <laughs> and people put it in their engine <laughs> and it screwed their cars. Possible. <laughs> no, I think. Uh, Uh, Rivian still won't be profitable. Lucid still won't be profitable. Uh, Polestar, as an as a separate entity, won't be profitable. But with parent Geely and a big SPAC of uh, income, it won't matter. Um, and Tesla will be creatively profitable, and you'll still have about two to three percent of people buying electric cars. Well, that would be cool. My prediction is that we're going to be doing the second anniversary show of this podcast so i think i'm uh, my my oh you keep checking out <laughs> well okay, let's hope that happens and uh fun to talk to you and uh we'll see you on the road hopefully soon yes hopefully yeah, we'll see you guys soon, soon. <laughs> okay, take bye. care guys take care don't forget to check us all all of us out online to see what we're up to thank you for listening For more, check us out online at TotalCarscore.com.